Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. Uh, Damien, you are up this week, so what do you bring to the table today? It is my turn. Um, all right, so today I've brought a documentary to the table for us to talk about. Um, it is called Homeroom. And it followed Oakland High School's class of 2020, shout out to the Oakland High School class 2020, um, during their senior year of high school. And, um, you know, I, I have to say I really enjoyed the film. And so I'm, I'm super excited to talk about it with you today and sort of what we took away from it because I feel like I, I got a lot from it. Um, I think what's remarkable about the film and I think this particular graduating class of students at this high school um, is that they were just an incredible group of, mm -hmm. of students and, and humans in, in so many ways. Um, and I think they also represented the thoughts and, and, and feelings of, of so many young people in our country, especially at the time in which they were being filmed and uh, what was going on in 2020. Um, and, you know, especially sort of, again, given what they've, all they've seen and experienced in their lives, right? And uh, in that particular moment in our country, right? And so um, the film itself, uh, as I said, it followed the entire class of 2020 at Oakland High School, but it really focused on uh, a cadre of students from the class as they tried to figure out sort of post-high school life uh, and, and what they wanted to do with their lives, um, but in the midst of the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was sort of a huge part of the film. Um, but one of the big focus areas of the film, I think, is the work that several of the students featured. Um, and I really would say students turned activists or student activists in general, um, who engaged in, I think, some really incredible and important work to eliminate policing in schools throughout the Oakland Unified School District. And they also did some organizing work in the aftermath of all of the sort of police violence and, and racism um, that took place in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, there was a lot jam-packed into this film. I'm super excited to, to talk about it. You know, what stood out to you? Yeah, I was trying to, as I went through the documentary, um, I was trying to think about how to describe it. Mm -hmm. And it really is like a slice of life. Yeah. documentary because it follows these students and there are certain narrative threads to to the documentary um but it's not like um it's it's not like they forced a story yeah right like um they they really just followed the students and what the students were doing yeah and then created sort of different pieces of um of story that that were just related to to the to the work that they were doing so, absolutely um yeah, they definitely weren't acting at all or there was no yeah. sort of yeah, set storyline. Like we were following these students and, and mm -hmm. sort of morning, noon and night. Right. Like even in their homes and, right. um, you know, how they were interacting with one another. Right. It was it was definitely a slice of life. Yeah. Yeah. So there were not. Um, I, so there were lots of different kinds of like images that we yes. saw and different 
uh, moments. It wasn't like we're just going to follow the students who were involved uh, in representing the, the students in the school district on the school board. Right. We're going to follow like them and the people that they know and then some other people that like we only see like a couple times. Yep. So that there was really just a lot um, going on, you know, seeing their homecoming celebrations mm, and then holiday yeah. celebrations with the family, um, whether that was Christmas or, or New Year's. Um, we saw sort of those moments. Um, beautiful. Yeah, and I kept thinking, um, they don't know what's hap- what's coming. <laughs> um, no. Like, they don't know that COVID is coming. No, uh, no clue. Because none of us did yeah. in uh, December of 2019, uh, or at least we didn't know it was coming in the way that it did, Yes, right? Um, so, and they don't know they about, because it hadn't happened yet, like the, the murders of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. Right. Um, but they're also doing these amazing things and learning in classes and absorbing all that's happening around them in the world. Um, so I was moved by so much of the stories that they were telling and, and following the students and um, all that stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was a really great uh, film to see kind of what students, um, I would say active students, yeah, right, yeah. Um, were going through in as seniors uh, high school seniors in the U.S. in 2019, 2020. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with that because I think, right, like it was impressive or it was incredible to think about sort of our own experiences at that time, right? And, and right, like mm-hmm. we had no, as you said, we had no idea what was coming. Um, you know, we work with college students, right? So we have a sense of that experience, right? And you have a young one, right? But yep. to sort of see high schoolers and sort of watch their experience and and to get sort of that as you call it slice of life was was incredible and 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 I just enjoyed getting to know the students that were featured in the film and even you know the ones that we only saw a couple of times like their yeah. their um their TikToks and their <laughs> their Instagram lives and and all of that to sort of see them live live their lives and then also live their lives through these trying things that we went through that year yeah uh, as a as a country um as a humanity uh, was incredible so i did i did appreciate that and i think you know as i think about the students that we met in this film i i, I was moved by so many of their stories um and particularly i'm thinking about um the two young folks uh, denelson and micah who were the two student directors on the, what do we call it? The, the ACC, the all city council. Right. And mm-hmm. so they represented something like 36,000 students, I think, uh, in the Oakland unified school district. And, um, one of the scenes that really stood out to me was they hosted, I think it was like an outreach meeting, if you will, at the school, right. To try to encourage their peers to attend the ACC school board meetings, right? So that they really wanted students to be there at these meetings. They wanted students to have a visible presence in the audience um, at these meetings, which I I respect and I think is important, right? Mm-hmm. And so- um, And to also voice, like make their voices heard during the, the right. public comment, the right? The public yeah. comment, right? You know, and it's it's great that they have Denelson and Micah, right? Who, who seemed to be really incredible advocates, mm-hmm. right? But you're right, right? They would have an opportunity to sort of speak up during that time, right? And so um, I, I loved sort of that, just that meeting alone and its purpose and what they were trying to do, right? Um, but in that scene, there was a, a young man <laughs> who said something that was just so profound. Like I, 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 like I had to pause it and rewind it and listen to it again. I thought it was great. So I, I wanted to share it and I wish I would have gotten his name, um, but he was a student at the school. And I'm going to sort of semi-quote, semi-paraphrase him here. He said, 
you have to know that all things are interconnected. All of the problems in California and in America in general are like on an investigation board. You have to look into where all the lines lead. You have to take into account all of the outside factors. You have to realize that kids having trouble in school sometimes don't have a home to go to or they don't have food on the table when they get home. We need to and have to change the environment around schooling as well. If schools, if kids have that foundation and they know that they are safe, then they can focus on their education. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, get it. Like, yeah. my, my jaw dropped at that scene, right? And I think it it relates so much to what we've talked about here on the show uh, a bunch of times, right? Like all of these issues of social justice and collective liberation are, are intertwined and interconnected, right? And our experiences as human beings are intertwined and interconnected, right? And we have to think about and talk about this stuff in that way in order to get to the place that we need to be, right? And so um, I just was really moved by that and him talking about that and sort of the recognition uh, and his recognition and understanding of that as a high school senior, right? Not to diminish the capacity of, of, of high schoolers, right? Um, because in many ways, those students, especially at this school, were in it and living it, yeah. right? In a really weird, uh, really real way. And so it was, it was amazing. And I think sort of that quote and that context and that meeting, I think was just an inspiration to me and could be for all of us. Yeah. I really, I stopped, uh, when that happened too, and yeah. took notes and, um, so, I, yeah, that was a really cool piece of analysis that he just brought up. Um, and I could see how, um, because some of the other scenes that we had in the in the documentary were in uh, in the classrooms with yes. the teachers. Yes. And you could see how much the teachers seemed to be really trying to get students to think critically yes. about things. Um, so one of the moments in the school um, in the classroom that I appreciated was when a teacher was reflecting back to their students that the students said they didn't want to talk about politics. Mm, um, yeah. Which the teacher then sort of like pushed back on a little bit by saying, we need to know who's in power and how that power is held. Mm. That's part of politics. Uh, and there were a few moments like these in the documentary where teachers and students were really instilling some some critical thinking into their lives and, yes. and trying to dig a little deeper yes. uh, into what it was they were learning about. So you know, thinking back to what the, their students kind of request, uh, my guess is the students didn't want to talk about electoral politics. Mm, and the teacher yeah. was kind of like, okay, well, what about all the ways that our existence and the choices we make or the choices we have available to us, how, how are those things political? Right. right? And th- those are the things that we want to talk about in this space. Um, so not in an electoral politics kind of way where we're going to talk about these political parties, yes, but in a way that everything around us is political. Mm -hmm. The choices we make have an impact. The choices we have available to us are, uh, only available to us given the context that we exist in, which is political, all all of those things that are sort of tied to that feminist notion that the personal is political. And so it was really kind of an experience. Uh, a recognition of what the students were sort of giving the the teacher yep. and then pushing back and saying well let's let's uh let's open up open up our perspectives on what this actually on means on what this actually is and yeah. what it means absolutely yeah there so i think that you know between the sort of student outreach meeting and that i i loved that scene too with that teacher in that moment um 
I think they're this this documentary is a is a must watch because of that right like they're yeah. just these incredible moments that sort of gave me pause to really sort of um reflect on well how does this all connect to all the things that we're talking about right and i mm-hmm. love that you sort of um brought up this feminist mindset right like everything is interconnected right and everything is political um and so i also appreciate i think we saw a couple of other instances of of teachers i mean there was the the moment of the, I think they were rehearsing a play and there was clearly a, a, yeah. a faculty member there, a teacher there who was sort of trying to, you know, corral them and and, mm-hmm. and get them, you know, rehearsed for their play. But um, so there were just some good moments of, of, of teaching that we saw in the film as well. But um, the so shout out to the teachers at Oakland High School. They're doing yeah. some good work there. Um, you know, I, I think... One of the other pieces of the film that was remarkable to me and um, to sort of see and witness was, um, you know, we talk about the teachers, we talk about these student activists, and I, and I will always <laughs> talk about students because that's the field we work in. Um, but the, the, the students that we saw, and particularly the student activists, right? And I, I think I was particularly drawn to and admired their courage. Mm. And the work that they did to organize for real change, um, it was just, it was really remarkable and, and, and moving to see, right? I think, I think there were lots of examples of this in the film, right? But at the end of the film, they, the organizing work that those students did to uh, put together a rally and march across the city to the mayor's house mm-hmm. um, in response to everything that had taken place that spring and summer. And you sort of alluded to this, right? Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. They even highlighted um, Christian Cooper's case, who uh, folks may recall was the black man who had the white woman call the cops on him uh, for asking her to leash her dog, yeah. right? In New York, I want to yeah, say. Central Park. Yep, Central Park. Oh, right, Central Park. How could I forget? Right, and sort of, and, and really everything in between. And so- I think what was, I mean, everything about that, <laughs> those scenes was incredible. But I think what was most incredible to me was the fact that you could see just how nervous and anxious and worried those young people, those activists uh, were about the march, right? And how it was going to go, right? I think they were going to start a little bit late and they were, they were, they were nervous about it. And they had a, you know, they were worried about the light, how much light they had left in the day. And, uh, but you know, in the end, the march itself was incredible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I mean, there had to be hundreds, if not thousands. I, I couldn't quite gauge looking at a TV. I'm normally good in person. I can gauge how many people are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hundreds for sure, if not thousands of, of young people and, and Oakland residents who joined them to to march to the mayor's house and to to chant and to make their voices heard, right? And so I think those scenes and that march and, and so much that we saw in this film just inspired me on one hand, but also reminded me of the power of young people and of what is possible. And my goodness of what our future will hopefully look like uh, as these young people grow up and um, continue to engage in this work uh, and continue to believe the things that they believe so strongly, right. And to, to, to fight the good fight. So we got to, again, got to see just between the the teachers and the students and the activism and and the city, um, there was so much of this film that was really wonderful. Yeah, um, that those moments uh, where the students were were organizing um, some demonstrations, I thought was really powerful. It also showed some intersections of people's experiences that complicated 
how you can participate. Yes. Um, because a couple of students had disclosed that their they and their family are undocumented. Yes. And so they were like, well, me showing up to this, like there's a different risk involved yeah. for me. And so and my family uh, and right? my family. Yeah. And so, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm struggling with that. And that's also, I mean, part of that is the reality, no matter who's in office right? Uh, in terms of, of the president, but then also, you know, the way the, the, the ways that, um, the pre that 45 was talking mm-hmm. about protesters and immigrants, like you put all those things together and you could really feel a sort of palpable fear of being on a mic as a, as a protester right. in um, general, and lead, as in general, and then adding certainly. on an, an additional layer of being undocumented. And that was, um, that was a that was a powerful moment in the film too to see like how that's how all of these pieces are coming together and 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 uh, influencing the the choices that that student was making. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you brought that up because the other as you were talking, what the other thing that came to my mind was sort of you know this idea of comrades, right? And mm-hmm. so we watched those students, right? That the the undocumented student, and all of his friends who are also you know um, student activists, or the uh, Micah who was you know his. Um, co-student director, right? They're in this big text chain together, right? And so they're just yeah. in constant communication with one another. And it was it was also amazing to watch them be comrades with one another, right? Like, right. are you going to show up? Can you show up, right? And and him being open and honest and, and able to be vulnerable about, well, this is my status. And I don't, I don't know if, I don't want to put myself at risk or my family at risk, right? And right. so I think that also showed us something remarkable too, right? Like how do we show up for each other? How do we keep each other safe? Like if, if you don't show up, that's, that's good fam. Like we got yeah. you, like we're yeah, going to go out. We yeah. don't, you know, you, you, and he had done a lot. That young mm-hmm. man is, is a, is a, is a pretty remarkable man. So, um, I also appreciated the role modeling that they did around how to be, uh, uh comrades with one another as well. Yeah. And finding your sort of your, uh, acceptable level of risk yes and then determining can i push against that or yep. do i need to sit with what you know the sort of level of, of risk i'm comfortable at yeah. and recognizing all of the different pieces and play with that absolutely um you know another moment it's not calling it a moment's wrong because okay. it just played out throughout the whole documentary all right but how much notifications about news um, notifications through social media played a role uh, and yeah. plays a role in these student lives and i i mean i think it's something that we know yes um because we're also experiencing that um <laughs> what you mean i'm always on my phone oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but the ways that the filmmakers were able to use social media mm-hmm to tell the story and sort of ground what's happening with the students and their lives in like the timeline of the end of 2019 and then into the summer of 2020 was really, I I don't know. It was so crucial to the way that they told the story Um, because it was like, all right, well, here's homecoming and that could be, I don't know when homecoming happens in California. I'm assuming it's October, I th- November. I think it's October, November, but but you know, I, I don't know. But then there was um, a piece of uh, a notification for a news story that happened like sort of right after that. Yep. Um, that gave context for what the students were sort of dealing with. Um, so it was also so much of it was so familiar too. Yeah. Uh, because these moments in 2019 and 2020 they seem far away, mm-hmm. just because of how. Uh, the pandemic has warped our sense of time, yes. I think, collectively. Yeah. 
And how much collectively we've been through. Yeah. 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 It's also that. Um, But I remember learning and taking in so much through my phone and social media Mm -hmm. because, one, because we're so attached to our devices anyway in this sort of modern time. Um, But, you know, our habits, our patterns for life were also so much different, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, around here in sort of mid-March 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not going to work and not like all those things had changed. And so. I don't know that it just reminded me so much of that time where we're at home and you see the students also shift the way that they're participating in things is now virtual. Yes. Um, Right. Like there's virtual school board meetings Mm -hmm. where we were watching live school board meetings, in-person school board meetings happen on film um, before that. And so you just saw all of that shift toward technology and seeing you just could see it and and it was sort of palpable in the way that they did it. Um, it also made me sort of think about uh, as a tangent, like the ways that they were able to continue filming. Yes. Oh right? my gosh. Like I thought about that too. Right. Um, in the midst of a pandemic, right. They kept in going. The midst, Cause they were, I mean, they were in people's homes. Yes. And so it was like, well, what, how did you do this? And you yeah. could see like they had shifted to mm-hmm. some outdoor shots yes. that maybe would not have been outdoors. Yes. And what you can earlier, what you can do but, in California too, given the weather and the climate, right. right? Like, but I thought that too. I thought, oh gosh, like, yeah, I, that you, could have halted production completely, yeah, and but, completely like, sort of, you know, in in some ways, ruined the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I think, they were also able to capture some things over Zoom and yep. and uh, sort of, you know, do screen capture yep. of different meetings that I think the students were leading and having on their own and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was just a tangent. I was like, how did you? How did you keep up production oh, I thought in the too. midst of this without sort of endangering your crew yeah. and endangering, um, you know, endangering is not the right, but yeah. maintaining social distance right. with your crew and with the, the, the students in the documentary and their families and, and, and all the teachers and the, yeah. and the community at large too as well. Right. So yeah. yeah, I thought that too, that was remarkable, but yeah, I, I, I also thought about social media and the role that that played throughout the film. I mean, again, I think I said it earlier, right. We saw their, their TikToks and their Insta right. reels and um, you know, social media obviously plays a huge role in young people's lives and really all of our lives at this point. Um, so I, I, just on one one hand, right, really appreciated seeing them be able to be kids, yeah, um, and to play, right? They were they were singing in the car, cars together, right, and mm-hmm. and just being goofy and sharing parts of their day, and you know, I think that's what young people should get to do, especially given all that they went through and we collectively went through, and um, and just how incredible they were as so many of them as student activists and the work they were doing. I'm like, mm-hmm. let those kids be kids. Um, and so I think related to that for me was um, one of the things that stood out to me. And it's not really a shock at all, given that this is taking place in Oakland, California. But, you know, the school itself was very diverse. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this film showcased that diversity really beautifully. Um, and uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but I know we're going to get to it. Right. This idea of, you know, the activism that they were doing to remove police from the schools uh, in the district, right? Yeah. Like that issue was very important to those young people, right? Um, and, and I think particularly to the student body at that school. But I think also, you know, being the abolitionists that we are, I think we were, we would argue that that's an important thing that needs to happen in all of our schools, right? Yeah. Um, and so 
you know, but I was really drawn to that diversity and noticed it in so many ways. And I think it's because of the way that Peter Nix, who is the director and producer of the film, like decided to share the stories of these students in the ways in which you talked about, right? You also talked about how we got to see them you know, celebrating the holidays with their friends and family. And um, there was a rehearsal that seemed to be mostly Latinx students rehearsing what had to have been a talent show of sorts yeah, um, yeah, yeah. in in the midst of it. And then uh, towards the end of the year, I felt so bad. I don't know if you saw the the flyer for the film. They were rehearsing for In the Heights. That was going to yeah. be their school play for the year. And I think it was maybe like two weeks after the school shut down for COVID. I was My, like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> it, it. I think it was... It was before that. And we saw them start to rehearse the play. Yeah. And I re- I was like, is that in the Heights? Yeah. Um, and I I haven't watched that yet. So I was like, it sounds like it could be. Um, yes. But I think it was like, I think they shut down in a similar time frame as like we did. Yeah. So like March 17th around there. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that flyer said like the 20, 21st, 20, uh, 22nd, somewhere in there. So it was just like. Days, days. It days. was a few days later I felt that they so. had like rehearsed for this <laughs> show and then for weren't months. able to put it on. I know. I felt um, so bad. Just, yeah, because uh, they, they, they sounded great. Um, and so, um, so out of curiosity, I happened to just look up the the demographics of the school and that what I could find on the website, their website was from the 2016, 2017 year. Um, and they had less than 2% of white students enrolled at the school. And it was yeah. essentially almost equal parts enrollment of black Asian and Latinx students. Right. Mm. And so, uh, and we should talk about this, right. The issue of eliminating police in schools hit very close to home for these students. Right. And throughout yeah. the film, many of them shared why that was the case. Right. Um, and I, it was, it's funny. It made me think of our conversation last week, right. When we talked about, uh, the Florida legislation and that this concept or this notion of psychological distress. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just think about like this situation and, and their lived experiences and, and what they shared about this issue, um, you know, it, it made me very happy that as uh, I was going to be a spoiler alert, uh, you know, at the end that the ACC school board finally made the right decision around uh, the elimination of, of, of policing in the schools. So yeah. uh, but that notion of I, I appreciate it, how they highlighted and showcased the diversity of, of the school and the students there. Um, but it also spoke to why this issue was so important to them. Yeah, it was one of the things. That was one of the big narrative threads throughout the documentary, I think, mm-hmm. was the discussion around policing in mm-hmm. the schools um, because all the schools in that area, um, they're the only they were the only school district that had their own dedicated police force. Yes. Uh, and so that is millions of dollars mm-hmm. that are going toward that. Um, right. When the school is talking about or the district is talking about budget cuts mm-hmm. um, and other things. And so these students were really leading the line for protecting student priorities for, for programs yes, um, and for their, the resources that, that they feel that they need. Uh, one student in a, in a meeting shared that uh, she had been diagnosed with a learning disorder mm-hmm. um, and that had only happened like two years prior and she's a senior. Right. Yeah. So she was talking, you know, if these programs were better funded, mm-hmm. I might not have, like, I might've found out about this much earlier in my um, school yep. career um, to have started to address it much earlier. Um, 
So, yeah, they're spending millions on police, uh, or they were spending millions on police in the Oakland Unified School District. Um, and, you know, it was tied to, I think, what we've talked about on the podcast before, mm-hmm. of really expanding our vision, our ideas of what safety means, yes. what public safety means. Right. Um, because the only way that it seemed that authorities, like from the mayor to um, – some other some of the other school board members, board members right yeah um you know the ways that they talked about it was the only way that they could conceive of safety was with sort of funding police yes. and and not um pushing back on on what that looks like when you know we have our scholar that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um the student who said everything's interconnected yeah uh and so if students don't have a you know psychological safety or if they don't know where the next meal is going to come from or if they're you know sort of food insecure, all of those things are going to add up to um, sort of quote-unquote poor performance in school um, and maybe some other concerns as well. Uh, And so, yeah, they were really pushing for protecting student priorities for the budget and making sure that those things didn't get get cut uh, in the the wake of, of... of whatever budget shortfalls they were facing. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really powerful to watch. Um, there were also some distressing moments because we saw two school board meetings yes. before um, COVID shutdowns. And, um, you know, there were some black organizers who had um, gotten together for public comment and they got shouted down by, you know, what looked like sort of white, a group of white uh, mm-hmm. parents in the school district. Um and that basically just like shut down the whole meeting the whole and meeting. stuff. And so it was yeah. so there was a lot uh, around all of that. And uh, yeah, so a lot of like sort of heated moments in mm-hmm. those meetings that then um, ultimately led to the school board shifting their position, honestly, because yes. the, uh, there was a vote that failed. And then later on in the film, it, it passed. So um, yeah, there's just a lot to this that narrative in terms of like yes. what was going on for the students and and what their perspectives were and how they were working with the community and hearing the community and, and yes. bringing that to the board and, and all that stuff. So, um, is really um, powerful storyline. Absolutely so, yeah. right. And 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 there's so much to the idea you talked about um, uh, food insecurity or what you know public safety is and what are these yeah. sort of aspects of. of of students' real lives, right? You know, there was a scene in the film where there was where the police outreach unit came to the school. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, <laughs> I almost texted you in the midst of that, um, but trying to hear the concerns of these students, right? And and I think in that moment, but also th- throughout the film, right? Like stu- these students just shared their real life experience interacting with the police and seeing police brutality in the school and police brutality in their neighborhoods, right? And so, right, um, so that's another piece of this that, again, I think speaks to, like, who these students are and why this issue was so important and hit home to them, right, that it was real. It impacted their lives and their families and their friends, right, um, in, a, in a real way. So um, I, yeah, so much of this film was really, really great. So yeah. um, I I think we should shift and talk a little bit about application sure. um, and, and how all of this applies to our lives, right? And so... Um, one thing from the film that stood out to me that's come up, I think, in, 
a number of times um, in a number of things that we've brought to the table. Um, every piece of media that we've talked about, including this film, that I think in some way, shape, or form addresses social justice or organizing and, and activism work, you know, talks about this idea that this work requires an incredible amount of patience and time. Yes. Right. Um, and it talks about, and we've also talked about how there will be obstacles along the way, right? And and how important it is to acknowledge that there will be losses and defeats along the way, right? And I think this film showed us that, right? And showed us examples of all of that, right? And so for me, I think the application will always, it'll always be important to acknowledge and highlight that as we think about and talk about and do this work, right? Um, that they're gonna be, it's it requires patience. There's gonna be obstacles, there's gonna be defeats along the way. Like we have to, to know that going in. Um, and I think, I, I think that applies to everyone, right? No matter mm-hmm. where you are or what this work looks like for you, right? So whether you're the, the co-founder of a national organization that's out in these streets demanding change, right? Or you, your two best friends sitting at a table, right? And we share this commitment to social justice and we host a podcast, right? To engage in this learning and unlearning work, right? Um, or if you're just a person in your community, right? You're working in your local community to improve the lives of your neighbors, right? Or, or change the hearts and minds of your family members of, or of those around you, right? I think that application is, is so important to remember as we all do this work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, so one of the, one of the things that comes to my mind is another moment in the film. Okay. Um, when a student in the, in a council meeting, student council meeting was here was was asking about how do we hear the voices from the students who aren't at the meeting, um, and who uh, aren't in leadership courses or roles, um, or the ones who aren't talking about these kinds of issues all the time. Yes, um, how are those voices going to be represented in the school board meeting? Um, and I think that question is so important, yep. and it reminds me of asking the other question from Mari oh, Matsuda yes. um, that Angela Davis brought up uh, in the panel discussion we watched a while back about abolition feminism now. Um, you know, asking who's involved and who's left out and understanding the changes, um, right, that we can make and the ways that we might approach issues um, is so crucial. So that's my application today is asking more questions of yourself, of your comrades of mm-hmm. of the people around you and your actions and and really trying to make sure that what you're doing is grounded in the values that you say you hold and how you you want to move forward with that absolutely that's a great connection to that asking the other question um and again you're right that came from a student right yeah. so again just being so inspired by these these young folks in this film and um yeah, I love that. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to homework. Um, I actually, I don't know if you knew this. I had no idea mm-hmm. uh, when I found this documentary and brought it to the table last week for us that it is actually the third film in a trilogy of, of documentaries by Peter Nix, who, I, as I mentioned, is the director and, and producer of the film. Did you know that? I only I saw it on Hulu. Okay. When I clicked through, like when I <laughs> clicked through on Hulu to find it, it was like, "This is in it. This is part of a trilogy." I was like, "Oh, really? Look okay, at that! Great. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would have changed things up. I don't know." Uh, but so I looked into it and I wanted to share that the first film uh, was called "The Waiting Room" and it's mm-hmm. from way back in 2012. But it's about healthcare in Oakland, 
And the second film is called The Force from 2017. And it's all about policing and criminal justice also set in Oakland. So all mm-hmm. three of these films are are set in Oakland. And so um, I, 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 I really enjoyed this film. So I want to check out the other two there, as you said, on Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. So we have access to that. And um, I'm sure there's... Um, I'm sure those films are just as enlightening and, and really the idea of continuing our education around these public safety issues, because that's what they are, right? Like healthcare, yes. uh, right? And certainly policing and criminal justice are. So um, I'd love to check that out. What about you? Yes. Um, so my homework is to pay more attention to our school board funding process mm-hmm. uh, around here, yeah. uh, since my daughter's in the county school system. Um, so I'm curious about what the funding priorities are uh, for the school board, uh, where the money gets spent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the CEO of the school district um, has spoken at a PTA meeting, a virtual PTA meeting. Yep. Um, because that's where we still are. Um, right. That's still our reality. So um, I, it seems like she's definitely trying to be transparent uh, in what it is. Uh, she's striving for right um which is great uh and trying to speak with parents and and be present in the community uh but i don't i don't know much more than that in terms of like the different pieces of of the funding process and so watching this made me think about those kinds of things yes um because i like who are the people showing up like who are the voices that are are being um heard uh right. you know <laughs> who's shouting the loudest uh-huh. um particularly when i saw the um sort of the white folks shout down the black organizers and uh, like all of that um just curious like particularly in our uh county which is um fairly diverse and um mostly black led in terms of like government officials yeah yep. um but i'm curious like who who are the people who are showing up and what are the things that they're arguing for and mm-hmm. how uh, if those are things i'm in favor of or in opposition to and and then how do you know how do i then um, participate in that so thinking about this stuff on the local level i love that yeah. i love that it hits real close to home for you yeah. absolutely all right well i'm gonna throw it right on back to you my friend mm-hmm. uh, you are up next time what are you bringing to the table in our next episode um, so in our last episode, I said I wanted to talk more about some of the uh, anti-LGBTQ legislation that's going on around the country. Right. Um, so that's that's what we're going to do. I love it. Uh, I found a legislation tracker from an organization uh, or a campaign, uh, really, that's called Freedom for All Americans, um, which is designed to secure full non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people nationwide. Okay. Um, so they're tracking um, anti-trans legislation, um, sort of more broader um, LGBT like discrimination legislation, um, sports, and a couple other things. Okay. Um, so they have a few different, um, for lack of a better word, categories yep. um, on their website uh, and a map. So you can click through in the map and see, um, you know, what's been uh, introduced in your state and they sort of have a uh, a tracker on where it is in the pro- legislative process. Okay. Um, Very cool. So there's that. Uh, and then I also found an article from the website them.us uh, by James Factora called the anti LGBTQ plus bills of 2022 
explained. Um, so I thought we'd take a look at that too. Um, I also, next week, I believe, happens to be um, Trans Visibility in Action Week. Okay. Um, so that is, for those uh, listening, that's actually when this podcast is going to be released. Yes. Um, so that is uh, March 28th to April 1st, 1st um, I believe. It's yep. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so if you if you search for some stuff on Twitter, there are a few accounts that are doing things um, as well as Instagram that are focusing on um, both visibility, but then also action and how um, cis people can be uh, collaborators for more trans um, liberation uh, and action and non-discrimination um, policies. So uh, those are the things that, that I want us to, to talk about and bring to the table next week. It should be a great episode. I'm looking yeah. forward to all that. Very good. All right. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what we want you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life. Follow us on all the socials. Uh, check us out on YouTube and sign up for our email list to get notified about all the new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>